Okay, we're live. Hi, everyone. We are Sunflowers and Red Feathers. I'm Christina. And I'm Stephanie. We are two moms living in the before and after of child loss. Join us in this journey as we share our stories of not only loss, but how life after loss can still be full of beauty, love, hope, and joy. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our channel to stay up to date on when we post a new video. Bye. Hi, everybody. We are Sunflowers and Red Feathers. I'm Christina. And I'm Stephanie. Um, today, we wanted to address a topic that came to us through our Q&A. Um, if you've been following our social media, we have decided to do a weekly Q&A. Um, and so we will ask you to ask us questions. And we actually got a question that we wanted to talk about in our recording. Um, I felt like it was something that we didn't um, just type out an answer to. It was something that we really should delve into and talk about with all of you today. Um, and so this question came from Anna Baker, and it is, when will this pain in my heart soften? That is a loaded question, and it is so hard. And so Christina and I wanted to talk about the grief timeline. And the ironic thing is, <laughs> there's no such thing as a grief timeline. And so we're going to talk about that and talk about um, just that softening that we can feel as we move along in our grief journey. Yeah. So thanks, Stephanie. Specifically, um, we don't feel like there's a grief timeline for child loss. So the pain that you feel after losing a child is so different from any other kind of grief and any other death, really, um, that nobody who nobody really understands it unless they've gone through it themselves. Uh, um, so only other bereaved parents can really speak of that agonizing pain of, of burying your child or whatever you do with your child. Um, so we said that, you know, there is no timeline. Um, children were not meant to die first. It's such an unnatural thing. And we all plan on, not to say plan on, but we know that our grandparents are going to die eventually. Our parents will probably die before us. Um, but nobody really plans or expects to lose their child. It's just a very unnatural order. And so the five stages of grief were actually... Um, developed, and Stephanie will uh, talk a little bit more about this, but for people who were dying of terminal illnesses. So right. talking about the different things, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance, these were the stages of people who were given a, a diagnosis that they were going to die, and these are the stages that they went through um, getting ready for that. But as a grieving parent, that is not at all, it's not at all linear like that. No, not at all. So I actually went to school um, to be a grief counselor. I lost my mom when I was 21. And um, I knew that I wanted to work with um, hospice patients. I wanted to help them transition into that, that stage of life. That sounds morbid, but um, that yeah. was something that I was really passionate about. And so, um, of course, in my studies, I had to study the five stages of grief by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And that was something I was familiar with. That's what I taught my patients. Um, and that's how I thought grief was. I kind of went through that after I lost my mom. Um, and I was familiar with those stages. And yeah. then I lost Joshua. And that 
was a completely different ball game. Everything I knew about grief flew out the window completely. There is no such thing as having a plan for the grief of your own child. There, there's no way of knowing how to deal with that grief. Sir Elizabeth talks about the anger, the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the depression and the acceptance, but you don't go through those stages um, yeah. in that sequence. There's no possible way of doing that. Um, I remember everybody kind of looked to me to know how to deal with this. And I honestly didn't. I was in a completely different ball game. It was a different zone. And I was not familiar with the kind of feelings that I'd feel and the stages um, that I was expecting to go through. Um, so mm -hmm. don't expect <laughs> that that's going to work for you because it won't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can be in a, in a stage of acceptance one day, which definitely took me probably the longest to get to, but then not even five minutes later, be back into anger and bargaining. And I remember going to a support group meeting um, at the Compassionate Friends, and um, this topic came up about how you're grieving in the, the five different stages of grief. And um, I had just seen something, a, a picture on Facebook actually, of um, how there was like the five stages of grief and they're all linear and stuff. And then it's like the reality of child loss and you're like all over the place because you can literally be feeling two at the same time. You could be happy one second and then something triggers you and you're back to that uh, utter agonizing pain that you were back at day one and week one, month one. So it's just not the same. So don't put yourself in that bubble of um, what you're, thinking that you're supposed to be feeling one way because you're, you're not, and everything that you're feeling is totally okay. And um, kind of brings us to our next point is that the pain of losing a child doesn't ever fully go away. So after somebody who is older than you or like a, a grandparent dies, right? You get to that stage of acceptance because you're like, yeah, this is supposed to happen. You get old, you die, that's part of life. But when you lose somebody, so young or even just before their time, um, I don't think there really is ever a full accepted stage and you never fully heal from that. Uh, the first few days, weeks, months, that pain, it changes because it's so, it's like a fresh open wound, right? It's like when you get a big knife cut, like obviously it's just going to be hemorrhaging. All this grief is just going to be hemorrhaging from your body all the time, physically, mentally, emotionally. And then you start to put little band-aids on it and it starts to close up a little bit, but it never fully heals. Like if you got, if you've ever gotten a really, really bad wound, it never fully heals and you better believe it. It's got a scar. And so that's kind of the same for grief. Like it starts to close up and it, and uh, it kind of scabs over for a while, but there's definitely going to be a scar there. And um, yeah. For me, I was super numb. So I had a couple days yeah. where I was completely out of it. And then I went numb. I couldn't feel anything. And I think that was probably yes. the hardest stage for me. Um, because once that numbness came or went away, then I felt everything all at once. And that is a dangerous place to be in. But I feel yeah. like it's almost necessary for us to get out of that numb zone um, and start feeling again um, no matter how painful it is because once you get through that first hurdle of pain 
um, it does tend to ease up. You'll eventually start feeling something again and feeling something is better than feeling nothing. Um, that's how I feel anyway. I don't know. Is that same for you? Um, yeah, feeling something, I guess for me, I was definitely in that numb stage for probably the whole, like right after the one year anniversary, like that whole year, I feel like I was just numb and stuffing everything down. And, um, that was kind of around the time when we were going to TCF pretty religiously. And it was like, I was constantly in that, like I would go cause I felt like I needed to be there, but nothing was coming of it, you know? So I definitely had to realize I just had feelings I needed to deal with, I guess. So I couldn't just be numb cause being numb was how I got through my day. Cause I was going to work. Like I was, I had a baby. I had to, there's things I had to do. And so I felt like I was just stuffing things down and being, numb to what I was really needing to feel and so when I finally came out of that and realized I just needed to like process that's when I was able to finally find purpose and able to find my joy I guess again in life and I think that is a very good motivation so you know when you're first in that really difficult darkness of your grief you feel like there's no hope. There's no reason to live. People turn to drugs and alcohol and, you know, they try to get through that hard time. Um, but if you don't find your way out of it and you don't have a reason to get out of it, then that's, that's the problem. So it's all, all comes down to how you're dealing with your grief. Just know that it's okay and you need to feel it and everything you're feeling is fine, but you need to find a purpose again in life. And a lot of people turn to uh, ways of memorializing their child. And we've kind of talked about that in a different podcast. So what is your purpose? Um, for grieving parents, all we have of our kids is their memories, right? And we don't, one of our biggest fears is that they're going to be forgotten because unlike everybody else's children and our, even our other, our other children, um, they're not going to grow up and be in new pictures and make new memories. All we have is what, was in the past of them. And so one of our biggest goals is to just keep their memory alive. So whether that is um, in uh, in ways that we memorialize them is what I'm trying to get out. So um, listen to that other podcast of ways to honor your child if you need ideas for that. But long story short, um, for me, it was finding a purpose in life again and uh, getting out of that dark place. Yeah, definitely. That is the most important thing that we can do because you're right. Lots of people will turn to those negative things um, because they don't want to feel. That's the only thing I can think of. They don't want to feel it. And so they will numb themselves with distractions such as drugs and alcohol. Um, I've seen it in my life, not personally, but I've seen it with other people. Yeah. And that is a sad place to see people in because like you and I, we have decided to do something different with our grief. We've decided to turn it around and um, at least help others try to make some kind of positive impact and, and honor our children that way. Um, instead of going down that rabbit hole, um, yeah. we've decided to find the joy and the beauty that's still here. And that's what we want to share mostly with you guys that, that pain won't ever go away. It's going to come back just like 
when it scabs over, sometimes that scab gets rubbed the wrong way and all of those emotions come back up and it feels like it happened just yesterday and it takes your breath away. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, there are times when you can feel that extreme joy and you can find that purpose and find that hope that we so desperately need to cling on to um, waiting for our babies again. Mm -hmm. So that kind of brings us back to the timeline topic of um, it's often referred to as waves when you're referring to grief and the way that it kind of overcomes you. Um, There's definitely a lot of waves and they're very strong and you often feel like you're drowning at first in your grief. And uh, as you move through it and learn how to um, deal with your grief, um, then the waves seem like they hit less and less and they're less hard. And so when you start to recognize that a wave is coming, you start to prepare for it. And if you have a plan of how to get through that grief, then um, it gets easier. And then you, um, you can like learn how to manage it. So the things that you can't really plan for are like triggers, obviously, like you can't plan when a a song's going to come on the radio, but you can plan how to get through it when that happens. If you're in the middle of a grocery store and you know, that song comes on, you can like, okay, I just need to, you know, go to the bathroom for a second or, (laughs) you know, come up with some kind of plan. Um, But though the waves just seem to hit like uh, less hard, I guess. And you have less, not less triggers, but I guess some things seem like they aren't as bad of a trigger, I guess, as time goes on. So I'm trying to think of like Facebook memories, for instance, like at first those were super hard. Right. And then I noticed that a picture of my son Mason would pop up and it would actually make me smile. Things like that, like things that used to make me like go back to that really bad place and sob. Now I'm like, oh, I remember that. That's so sweet, you know. But definitely there are days when they're more like a punch to the gut, but just know that that's normal and it's okay. That's totally normal. Totally normal. I completely relate. Last night, even my husband, um, we had a little incident with our oldest son, not oldest son, but Ian, our seven-year-old. And um, my husband later that night was like, I don't even really remember Joshua's voice. And so we pulled up all of our home videos and we watched them. And usually that would have us like sobbing, you know, hard sobbing. And last night we were able to giggle and um, just enjoy that little time uh, watching our little boy. It was the best. Um, So three years down the road, we're at a point where we can watch those and it's not the punch to the gut. Um, It brings us happiness and it brings us joy. And I love those memories and I'm so grateful that we have those. So um, I definitely agree with what was that? (laughs) So you're making me tear up and I didn't even see it. Um, (laughs) I'll have to share them with you. Yeah. Um, But oops, sorry. Definitely have a plan for those waves of grief because they will come. um, But you can get through them. We all do. And there's a reason to hold on at all times. So that's my thought. (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of, um, of Ian and, the incident last night that reminds me that tomorrow is, I'm going to say it's wrong. Is it national children's grief awareness day? It's just grief awareness day. Um, oh, they do children's? it every year in November. Um, it's okay. the week before Thanksgiving. So exactly a week before Thanksgiving. 
and okay. they do it every year. Um, we wear blue on that day for mm -hmm. Grief Awareness Day, and it's a special time. So you can figure out more on Facebook, Google it. Um, they have some really neat activities that you can do with your children at home on that day to help them remember their loved one and to honor them. Um, yeah, if you have any questions, you can ask us more about that. And it's really neat. Yeah, so I didn't have any other children uh, living when my son died, but Stephanie did. So she is the go-to person <laughs> of, <laughs> of our duo if you have questions about how to help your children uh, through their grief. And we mentioned a couple of books in one of our other podcasts um, that are helpful for children who have siblings in heaven. So um, if you need those, feel free to ask questions. And um, I think we decided to do our Q and A's on Mondays. So if you have any questions, just look in our stories and um, look for that Q and A and send us a question at any time about any part of grief and child loss about us particularly um we are always looking for new topics so yeah um yeah always ask and, and i will i'll actually have some more books um to share with you guys soon i found a whole new list on the children's grief awareness stuff so if you guys are looking for books along with a hug from heaven and bamboozle string we have some more that i'm really excited to get for my boys so i'll be Yay. sharing more later <laughs> Yeah. Um, so with that, I think we'll just kind of wrap up here. Um, one more mention that we do have our Etsy shop now. So we have a bunch of new t-shirts if you guys want to um, purchase those. And also we have um, all these videos are posted on our YouTube channel. So just make sure that you subscribe so you'll get notified when we post a new video. And slowly but surely, we're getting all of our podcasts available. So right now we're on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And then soon, hopefully, on Spotify, Audible, and those kinds of things. So thank you for everybody's support so far. Um, please invite people to listen to us. And uh, we will help you and them in any way we can. So um, hoping you guys have a lovely Thanksgiving next week. I'm not sure if we're doing a video next week or not. Stay tuned. Um, but yeah. All right, Stephanie, thanks for talking. Right. No problem. Talk to you later. Mm -hmm. Bye, guys. Bye.